dancing like never before. Have you oh, have you thought about soul. going out for American Idol? Me? With that with doing that one, right? Doing that voice. Doing whatever you want. <laughs> no, yes, actually, I have. Origins and Adaptations of the Nerd Weekly Comic Book Podcast. I am Andrew. And I'm Cody. We've got a show for you. This is episode 82. It is? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're excited to just dive in. So let's just dive straight in. Straight Head first. In. Actually, when you dive, you usually go like hand first, right? Yes. Yeah. If your hands it's are It's weird when first. they say head first. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone like dolphin dive head first. Yeah, that would be wonky. Yeah. Let's forget that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, starting right off in the comic news, Marvel plans not to kill off characters for shock value anymore. So it's not ooh. that they don't plan off not ever killing characters, but Marvel's editor-in-chief, C.B. Sabolski, said at a Swedish, Swedish convention, mm-hmm. I don't want death to be used to boost sales or to use as a shock value. So people go, oh, oh my gosh, Johnny Storm is dead or Wolverine is dead, knowing that they're going to come back. If we choose to do it now, we're going to add a little more weight and permanence to the situation. Gotcha. So, you know, I didn't think the deaths in Endgame or Infinity War or whatever, I, I, didn't, I didn't think um, any of them were shock factor to me. No, well, that's the movies. Yeah. Compared to the comics. Oh, oh, we're we're not talking. My bad. I, I I thought you said MCU. No, just Marvel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, no, no. In the comics, they definitely have done yes. that a lot. I mean, the f- fact that there's a whole series. Yeah, there was a oh, whole yeah. lineup of Death of Wolverine and. I mean, DC's just as guilty of that as Marvel is. I'm oh, so yeah. sorry. I thought I thought you meant MCU. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. Um. Because I was gonna say. Uh, no, when people die in the MCU, they usually stay dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I would not argue that. No, anyways, uh, no, I think DC and Marvel are both equally guilty of killing off characters for shock factor. Yeah, DC just did it again. You know, that's a whole mess. There's a whole series called Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, go on about that. I'm curious. Uh, with that Tom King wrote. I, it is weird. I am really on the fence with Tom King. I actually, Tom King is easily becoming my new mild New Brian Michael Bendis. Of oh. When you give him his own story that he can create, he does an incredible job. But when you give him characters that he's supposed to write off of that have already been established pretty easily, he ruins it. Uh, uh, and he did that with Batman. Yeah, he did that with Batman. He did it with... Uh, he just did it with Wally West. He destroyed the character. What did he do to Wally West? Wally West... Uh, just recently, uh, went into the future to kill his future self because his future self went insane with like PTSD stuff. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, uh, like the, the speed force killed people around him when he did that. And when he came back, he blamed it on Booster Gold and Harley Quinn. 
And so now, really? like, yeah. And so now, like, Wally West has to deal with deaths that he caused, but not only that, but then he he blamed. denies that it's his fault. Yeah, it's that doesn't sound like Wally West at all. Not at all. And it's now we have this ruined character. Weird. And he's such a considerate person. That's yes. kind of part of who he is. Yes. It. What bothers me the most, ah, and that's it's weird. It's DC did the biggest 360 in the world because when Rebirth came out, Jeff Johns' glorious baby, uh, incredible, to this day is probably the last comic that, like, new comic that came out that when I picked it up and read it, I was blown away. Right. That's probably the last one. That was, like, four years ago. Yeah. There hasn't been... I mean, I really enjoy Nick Spencer's Spider-Man. Was it four or was it, was it three years ago? Rebirth was... It's been a while. It's been, it has yeah. been a while Like, now. it's either three or four. It's definitely not two. Uh, right. But, like, when... When I was reading Nick Spencer's Spider-Man, I really enjoy it, and I love that he's brought Peter back to who Peter has been and the characters and the story, how, like, wacky and just zany it is. It's never been, like, mind-blowing, oh, my gosh, I have to go out and tell people to read this. Jeff John's Rebirth, the 80-page just single issue... Oh, yeah, that was awesome. ...was incredible. Like, brought me to tears... Goosebumps on my arms, hair standing up. I loved it. Yeah. It had a lot of emotional moments in it. Yes. And they just, after Rebirth, there was the Rebirth brand where you had uh, Peter Tomasi doing the Superman title, which was also incredible. Uh, Yeah, you had um, the beginning of a, a new Nightwing where Nightwing goes to Bloodhaven finally again. That was really good. They had all of these stories. I know that, um, like, Deathstroke was really well done. Aquaman was awesome. Uh, It was Tom King's Batman. But I actually liked his Batman up until uh, there was, I think it was, like, the Gotham Wars. No, there was the Joker-Riddler War, I think is what it was called. And it was, like, a... It was... Batman telling Catwoman a story, uh, and then he proposed to her afterwards. Yeah, it it wasn't that great. Okay. Um, but that whole thing was good. And then Rebirth ended. They took away the Rebirth title, and then they just let their writers have free game. Or a new editorial team came in, and it it has been awful. Like when Titans first started it was fun you had the original teen titan team mm-hmm. and it was great and then they all of a sudden decided no we don't want these guys around anymore and no one in the titans line and to the point where they canceled the title because it's like yeah the people on the titans comic book now aren't even the original team that started like 30 issues ago mm-hmm. uh and it just bothered me but that original was great. That original Rebirth book. And they've they've just now gone back to, in my opinion, what New 52 was. Just like a, we'll do whatever we want with the characters. Really? No consistency. Yeah. It's, it, it's that bad it's, again? To me, it's that bad. The current DC titles are just, 
freaking Nightwing gets amnesia. That's why I never and goes by Rick Grayson and uh, is a hardened man and doesn't want anything to do with the superhero. What you're telling life. me right now is why I haven't consistently read DC in four or five years. It's annoying. I just that's why I read old comics. Yeah. I, I when it comes to DC, I mean, it's and it's the caused, odd it's caused comic. me to. Like I. I'm now just going back and reading old stuff. I have people telling me, it's like, what do you think of this? And I go, I have no clue what that is. Like, really? Because you, okay, you and I haven't taught comics outside of the show for a little bit. I'm, yeah. So, so you're, you're kind of in a similar position. Yeah. It's, it's We're, really, really annoying. I've, I've definitely gone back. I'm even going more indie now just because oh, yeah. there's past indie titles that are really cool. I finished Doom Patrol or Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, which was really well done. Uh, I'm doing Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, Why the Last Man, American Vampire, Hack and Slash. Really cool series that just Excuse aren't. Me. They're more of the past titles, they're not current titles. Right. But they. I know you've been into Swamp Thing for a hot minute. Yeah. I mean, that's going to keep happening. There's mm-hmm. a lot of it. He redefined horror in comics with Swamp Thing. Alan. I've been wanting to rewatch. I can't remember if it's. Uh, I, I can't remember if it's the first movie or. The second one they made that's actually seen as kind of like a cult classic. Have you seen either of them? No. I know that they're releasing a new TV series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard that, I heard that so, too. Based on Alan Moore's run. That, I didn't know that it was based on that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. If they're trying to follow a classic run, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and how many trades worth did he write, like, ish? I think it's either seven or eight. Oh, boy. Yeah. He wrote a lot. And it's volumes. It's not like just normal trades. Oh. Like, they're thick books. He was probably more, like, devoted to that character than I originally thought. I thought he did, did like, about three or four trades. No. He did a ton. He did a ton for it. Yeah. Just the other day, a friend of mine who enjoys comics but is a, a bit more cash in terms of how often he reads them... He mentioned to me, he, he 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 was like, you remember the movie Swamp Thing? And I was like, oh, yeah, because I, I watched it as a kid. It was one of the weirdest movies that I watched as a kid. Yeah. And I just remember being totally, like, intrigued to the point of, like, I had my mom cut out green and brown paper and, and tape it to me so I could be <laughs> Swamp could Thing. Be Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I don't remember which movie it was. And I know there's two, and one is apparently horrible. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of, I just want to go back and rewatch the one that it was that I remember seeing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was some weird stuff in those movies, and he is a dark character. He, yeah, he very much is. Uh, so they plan not to kill off characters. So that's interesting. I really hope so. But once again, you have editors and chiefs uh, making promises about comics. That hold up for about two or three months, and then it goes away. It's probably they more said, accurate that for the next two weeks. <laughs> the next two weeks, we won't <laughs> kill off a character for shock value. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Then who knows? Yeah. It's a free-for-all. Uh, Joker Harley Quinn, Criminal Sanity, has been announced for DC Black. Uh, if you don't remember, DC Black is now the DC Elseworlds new title line. It's not that great. I don't. I don't understand that. Uh, where I actually think this is where DC is shining is with their black Elseworld stories. Really? Which is, in my opinion, it has been where they've always kind of like 
like Red Sun, of, yeah. the Earth Ones, Kingdom Come, Kingdom Come. Uh, you mean, have Justice. You have even though they had, even though Bat the the Bat Family adopted a lot of the lore from Killing Joke. That's not that's an Elseworlds. It's title. not all it, technically yeah. canon. Only yeah. some things are yeah. from it are. Uh, and then you have New Frontier is also another. All the all, all the Frank Miller Batman stuff. None of that was necessarily yep. canonic. No, it's not. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this new storyline is going to be a nine-issue kind of limited series one-shot, uh, where it's actually Harley Quinn is not a psychiatrist, but she's a forensic scientist, and she's trying to prove Joker, uh, the crimes. She's trying to find him guilty. Okay, uh, and it's her diving into his psyche that way. And well, that's kind of bizarre. How do you feel about them them changing her occupation and I think kind of would, her character a little? I bit? I think it would be cool. I the thing that's always bothered me about the original is how they haven't explored it too deeply of who she was before she became Har- Harley Quinn. Yeah, um, and that she just became obsessed with who Joker was. Through his therapy sessions, his manipulation. Yeah, but you don't know anything about her life. Really, really not. After that, besides um, the fact that she was Daddy's little monster, which I'm like, uh, I'm going to. That, that is that really, movie is horrible, and also I will never defend that movie ever in my life. Also, that slogan or whatever you want to call it is so disturbing. Yeah, and then I like hate that, and it became like a costume thing, a costume thing yeah. that people actually wanted to wear and. Yeah, let's glorify villains. That's fun. <laughs> uh, not really too much TV news. Uh, I know that the third le- season of Legion's coming out soon. I've been seeing posters for that all over the internet. Uh, it's a slow time. I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season six is happening soon. It was going to be a summer release versus a fall release, which I'm very excited about. A la uh, Stranger Things. That's what they're doing too. Stranger Things, <laughs> July fourth. Um, Gosh, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Off the off topic, but I just want to let everyone know there's nothing I'm more excited for <laughs> than in, in the entertainment world right now than in Stranger that. Things season yes. three. Yes, have to see it. Uh, Keanu Reeves. He's My a guy. Man. I I <laughs> want to just point out the title of the article I I read this in. Mm-hmm. Um. The title of the article is John Wick's Keanu Reeves is in talks for The Eternals, which is uh, a new Marvel MCU movie that they, they're they casting for and doing everything for. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think he'd be a great character, especially since The Eternals is bo- based around like immortal characters, and Keanu Reeves kind of, has kind of been this uh, pop culture, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, like, I know what you're getting at. Like, well, for uh, the longest time, he didn't age. Have you noticed, though, that in the past like, yeah, five years? Yeah, he doesn't he, age. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He, have you noticed he's like, aged quite he, a bit. He's yeah. starting to, finally. Yeah. It's um, like That he was immortal. He was like 24 years old for about 40 years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so he's in, in the talks, but I just love the fact that they said John Wick's Keanu Reeves. It's like... That's... It's like, yeah, John Wick is incredible, and he is the star of the movie, but... Keanu Reeves was a name before John Wick. I don't understand. Way like, before, yeah. I understand they're using it. There's a term for the internet called SEO, which is a 
if you use, yeah. you base it off of like certain words and terms, Dude, so that way your article shows up before other articles. It's but. funny you mentioned that. Just the other day, I was remembering because I was thinking about um, I, how much I really want to rewatch Back to the Future. Yeah, I'll never forget. So in the mid '90s, Leah Thompson was in a sitcom called Caroline in the City or Caroline and the City. I can't remember, and she was the main character, and it was on for a few years actually. My mom loved that show, and I'll never forget. The station that that show was on, yeah, they had Back to the Future. I can't remember if it was ABC or whatever it was. They had a showing of Back to the Future that was going to be on, like you know, prime time. You know, they're going to play a TV edited version of yeah of Back to the Future. And in the ad, they were like featuring Caroline of the City's Leah Thompson, <laughs> and it's like. That movie was made eleven years before yeah. this was a thing, yeah. right? And and I'm like. We know who she is because <laughs> of this movie that we're about to watch. And I was just like, well, I mean, yeah. I get it's publicity, I guess, for the, for the for the show, but yeah. it's it's so it's just so blatant. It's like we we know we know who Keanu Reeves is. He's <laughs> been around for a couple years now. Yeah. Uh, was the first so. thing he was in Bill and Ted? He had to have been in things before that. No, he was. Re- was he in Parenthood with Steve Martin and... Uh, Let me see. Keanu. Who else is in Let's look up Parenthood. Keanu Reeves' first movie. What's there were his? a lot of famous he's actors in, in He's Parenthood. in 124 things. No, he's in 100, 100 things. I think I think he might have been in Parenthood before Bill and Ted, but I could be wrong. He was... I'm going to go off of his first, like, official movie. Not... He was in like a, a TV short. He was in he was in two episodes of a TV series, TV movie, Young Blood. He was in a movie called Young Blood. It I've is never a heard of it. oh, is I that don't think. Rob Lowe? Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, Ed Lauder. These are all big names. How have I never heard of this movie? Young Blood. Young Blood. A seventeen-year-old farm boy is offered an ice hockey tryout. His brother drives him to Canada. He has fast legs, slow fists, uh, but is chosen. Will he learn to use his fists and play ice hockey the Canuck way? <laughs> Will he get the coach's cute daughter? That's the synopsis for this movie. Dude. <laughs> I have to see this movie. It's, it's called Young Blood. Young Blood. It is a drama roman- romance sport so, movie. Sport movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so okay, and we need to get back on topic, but yeah. <laughs> but I have to throw this in while it's relevant. So the other day, I was listening to a song that I remember from childhood, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of a fun song." Let me look it up, and I looked it up, and I was like, "Where is this from?" And it says, "From the motion picture called, or from the motion picture with honors." That was the name of the movie. Oh yeah. And I looked it up, and I was like, I I, I looked at the uh, the cast. Joe Pesci, Brendan Fraser, and Patrick Dempsey were all in this movie. <laughs> it came out in '95, and I was like, "How come no one has ever like mentioned this movie to me before?" Like, I I, don't, I know nothing about this movie, yeah. and it has those three people in it. If it had Joe Pesci in it, seriously, how did it not get talked about more? I don't know. There's a lot of those. And movies. Patrick Dempsey and Brandon Fraser. Like yeah. they they were like this is like 95 96. They would have been all incredibly huge stars. How did I not know about this movie? There so I'm now looking through his uh filmography. Keanu's? Yeah, and I I need to go back and watch a bunch of Keanu Reeves movies. 
Oh, I, I like, will join you happily. <laughs> like, I now need to do this. Uh, but he will be in Eternals, and I actually think it, he could be a good fit. He has that slender, just, you know, otherworldly kind of look to him um, oh, yeah. that I think would fit with the, these characters. Um, Matt Vaughn shared his ideas for uh, Man of Steel that he pitched to DC in 2008, and they were terrible. He had this idea of doing the kind of Red Sun thing where Batman or Superman grew up on on Krypton and he actually grew up there and then he got sent to Earth and then became Superman. In Russia? No, just just in America. But he didn't Wait, I thought in Red Sun he grew up in Russia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He oh. they changed where he grew he grew up. Okay, gotcha. That's oh, why I said okay. they, they oh, kind of do the red sound Okay, yes. Yeah, I, um, I got you. No, and it it was just this weird idea. And I'm like, why would he do that? Like, I don't understand this whole thought process. The reason that he loves Earth is because he grew up there. It's even weirder than Red Sun. Because in Red Sun, it yeah. was this idea of, did the American values make Superman who he is, or is that just instilled in him as a like he's just raised by humans, and that's just human tradition and values right. there? Where uh, this is entirely different. Of yeah, let's go to or uh, to Krypton, where he grows up there and becomes a superhero there, and then he goes to Earth. He and, wouldn't be a superhero there, though. Oh my gosh, it was I was that like, doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, and it was going to be a trilogy. Mostly based on Krypton, like, was the idea. And I went, no. Also... No, let's not do that. The the idea of Krypton not exploding negates the importance of Superman entirely. Yes. It's the reason why that story has value. And Ma (laughs) and Pa Kent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the only reason why Red Sun worked is because uh, you were, you know... They were comparing and contrasting, and the entire time you're like, "Oh, this is so different." But that's not a Superman story you want to read for the rest of the time. No. Yeah. That's... And I was gonna say, if they made a movie about Red Sun, I can guarantee you it would be a box office failure. Yes. But people, it's that that's a story for people who really either a don't like Superman, and you're trying to show them that that yes, there are great stories about him, mm-hmm. or b big time Superman fans who are supremely devoted to the character. Yes. Like you and I. Yeah. Um, for me, re- the best part of Red Sun was when you get to the end, it's like the whole point is it's not about where Superman was raised. Like It, it, it isn't about... Um, it isn't about what was around him or who was around him. The point is that at his core, he was a good... He was always going to be a good person. Mm-hmm. He was always going to do what was right. Yeah. Which is fine, and they could do that with the Krypton thing. But it's, once again, it just, why would he care about humans? Like, in Red Sun, he was, at, like, even it was even though it was in a different country, he was still raised around humans. Yeah. Like. And he had empathy for yes. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that his, he was supposed to be doing Man of Steel 2 as well. That actually uh, reminds got, me of. I think at this point it's canceled. I mean, here the the uh, the analogy is obviously we, we we all know this analogy, but it's like if uh, Moses hadn't been sent off down the 
down the, the Nile. Ro- yeah, down yeah. the Nile. Yeah. Or if he didn't kill, <laughs> it's it's or like if he okay, didn't kill so the Egyptian slave. So what? So the story doesn't happen at all. Yeah. I, yeah. Let's make three movies about it. Gosh, that sounds <laughs> rough. Uh, Fox almost made a superhero movie with every hero they owned in it. <laughs> just of course so that, they did. Just so that way they could keep the the titles, because that's the whole thing. If you don't make a movie within seven years, yeah. you lost your your rights to it. Uh, so they had a. That's why we had Fan Four Stick. It's why we get a freaking X Men movie every two years. Uh, yeah. Um, For the record, did I tell anyone that I'm not going to see Dark Phoenix? So are we seeing that? Here's fine. Here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing with this. Fine. As as terrible as it was for them doing a hostile take takeover, AMC is now here in our own own little Vancouver town. And they have a monthly program where you pay them twenty one ninety five, and you can watch three movies a week for free, or for the twenty one ninety five a month. But three movies are on them. Huh. So I will go see Dark Phoenix, but it's because I am not paying extra money for it. Like gotcha. this is already a subscription that I'm gotcha. doing. This will be one of my movies. I essentially didn't pay, you know, thirteen, fourteen dollars because every movie I see in the month of June will make that price lower. Okay. Yeah. But I I, I will see oh. it. <sighs> I might. We're fall talking asleep. about it on the show. Yeah, yeah, we'll then talk I'll about it. See it, yeah. God. We'll talk about how I might fall asleep. Halfway then I'll this movie. see it <laughs> begrudgingly. Uh, the only thing is, we can't skip to the end in this one. We have to watch it all the way through. Mm. Fun fact: Mag- Magneto will turn evil again at some point. Fun fact: Jennifer Lawrence will be Jennifer Lawrence again. For- Bite me. <laughs> <laughs> This movie sounds like a colossal waste of time, yeah. and I'm not looking forward to it. I think watch me eat my words. It ends up being decent. It's decent. No. There's a there was a article out there that I saw where it's like, why is Jean Grey in the Dark Phoenix the most menacing character in Marvel <laughs> any Marvel movie? <laughs> I went, she's not. <laughs> it's just like, uh, cool. You know, I love how the trailer also tries to do like this horror element, and it's like she breaks down the wall, and it's just uh, Sophie Turner's Jean Grey in front of you, and you're like, "You okay? <laughs> let's 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 pretend that you kind of look menacing, I guess." Yeah. But so uh, I think that this is hilarious, though, that they were so desperate that they wanted to make a movie with every single hero that they had. Mm-hmm. Which you know, that's funny. Fantastic Four, uh, the X Men, all of the X Men, um, Daredevil. I think Namor was owned by Fox at one point. Deadpool. They were just gonna throw them all in there. Just throw them all in one movie. They should have called the movie "Calling It Quits." Calling It Quits. <laughs> <laughs> we gave up. Yeah, <laughs> we gave up. Could be the sequel. Yeah. Uh, Supergirl movie is rumored to begin production in 2020, uh, which is interesting because they have a TV show going and it would be weird to have both of them going at the same time Mm -hmm. without the same actress. Mm -hmm. So it's either they cancel the CW show or they, you know, just allow both to happen at the same time. I know that there was... The Supergirl Superman and the and Henry Cavill's Superman at the same time. 
Yeah. And I think they brought Batman in for the Teen Titans TV show. Oh, yeah. They did. Or Titans. They did. Yeah. So, interesting. Interesting stuff. Just rumors, though. There, That was not confirmed. But that is it for news. Not a lot this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, the big one, actually, that I f- totally forgot to write down is Robert Patter- Patter- Patterson? Pattinson? Pattinson. Pattinson. As uh, Batman. He's confirmed. They have... Yeah. That is, that is happening. Yeah. Um, for the... The, the Batman. Gosh. Which I think is still the same script that was being written. Oh, so thank it's heavens. A, it's a noirish kind of Batman. Well, well, that's cool, but I'm just saying, like, I don't, I didn't necessarily have faith that it was going to be, you know, hey, the, the best iteration the, the of Batman. The Flash movie is and still happening, so, you know. With, that's uh. A, that's a thing. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, yeah. With, I think Grant Morrison is hopping in to try to help write something. Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. I could see it. Are you putting are you putting me on right now? No. You really could see it? I could see it. I don't know, dude. Don't don't think of Twilight Robert Pattinson. I'm not. Think well, of a little a little. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. That's all. <sighs> think I don't know how many movies you've seen with him other than that. But he he has range. Well, it, you know I'm I am kind of being a jerk a little bit because from what I've been told he doesn't actually like Twilight. No, no one actually in the movie Twilight liked the the movies. They just got paid a ton of money. Makes me respect them a little bit more. Yeah, they all hated it. <laughs> yeah. Even Case do. Case do. I think she hated it the most. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I've been told that... Um, it doesn't, you know, forgive their acting performances unless they were told to act that way, and then I guess, but... Well, Hayden Christensen says that about the Star Wars movies. Hayden Christensen's a bad actor. <laughs> <laughs> um, he Well, he still says, like, well, all these things I was doing, it was what George wanted me to do, and part of me is like... Did he, though? Or is that your crappy acting interpretation of what he wanted you to do? Because <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor did an incredible job, so I don't know where in <laughs> Ian McDermott and yeah, uh, Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson, they all did great. What's, what's your, I, I what's thought, your problem? I uh, thought Natalie Portman was kind of uh, hit or miss. Yeah. Which I would say is... That's kind of in my from my interpretation. That's kind of the story of her career. I think she has some incredible performances, yeah, and some rather forgettable ones. Yes, I, Jane Foster to me is just beyond forgettable. Just slap me across the face <laughs> with that character. So just bad. Stop. Is Go bad. away. I'm so glad she's not a part of the MCU anymore. It wasn't it was, working. It was not working. <laughs> not working at all. Imagine them bringing her in to be, you know. I wanted to like Lady I, Thor. I, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to like her because I, I love uh, the character in the comics is great. And Jane Foster is great, and Natalie Portman is great. Yeah. So it wasn't working. Combine though. these two, and you get uh, a match made in hell. You, you get, you know, gray food. Yeah. Just bland. Yeah. And it's needed for the story, but. You would rather have something more tasty, more enjoyable. I've said this a thousand 
times, but it bears repeating. The I, I'm convinced the only reason they put Kat Dennings in there as her kind of sidekick was to make Natalie Portman's character seem less <laughs> crappy. You really hate that character. I really do. <laughs> you hate that character more than I hate Jane Foster's character. I think I do. Yeah, I think I really do. And 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 the, and the I thing can I, honestly say when that movie first came out, I found Kat Dennings' character very endearing. I kind of did, too. Yeah. I actually did, too. I think it's the multiple watches where yes. you go, you are a one-stick, you're like a one-trick one, pony. One pony. You just keep doing, you say that your lines are very predictable, and you you have no depth. Well, let me clarify. The very first time that I saw the first Thor, I loved everything about it. Yes. I thought the whole thing was well, amazing. It's, it's the third... MCU movie. Yeah. So you're just like, man, this is, they keep hitting it out of the park. Yeah. And then Captain America came out, and you're like, this is incredible. And you, then the Avengers came out, and you're like, this is even better. Mm-hmm. And then Dark World 2. And you went, let me go watch the first one again. And you <laughs> go, oh no, this is not as good as the rest of the movies. Yeah. Like, or yeah. as good as I That's re- a perfect way of, yeah. Because like, that's what I did. I went and I rewatched it after yeah. seeing Dark World 2. Yeah, and then you go, this isn't even as good as I remember it being. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, when, when I saw that movie for the first time, I couldn't, I, I found no wrong with it at all. Yeah, and then same. One of I the think things, I saw it like three times in theaters. Did you? Yeah. I saw it twice. Um, one of the things that I remember you saying was that, um, when you, you've always said it, is is that the... Earth world stuff is not that exciting in that movie. No. And that was something that I kind of didn't I just didn't notice when I first saw the movie. Well, it's because the first one uh Thor in the Earth world stuff is entertaining. It's what's going on around him that's It's going boring. yes, everyone else around him is so boring. But him the fish out of water aspect. So it's just like he's trying to figure out, you know, when he needs a, a yeah, dog yeah, large uh, enough to yeah, ride. A dog large enough to ride. Uh, he throws the, the cup on the ground because he thinks it's delicious and he wants another one. Another! And just, yeah. And people are like, you can't do that. The nice thing is they've kept uh, Thor's character very true to how he's always been. Yes. Yeah. And he actually just only... Just immature, he, just, you know. He only gets funnier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Ragnarok, he's just a riot. Yeah. And Avengers and... Infinity War, Endgame. I think Thor is my... I think I will say this, that in the Avengers movies, Thor is my favorite accent character. He's my favorite... Whenever they bring him on screen, he... I just, I'm entertained. He puts a big yeah. smile on my face. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cap is my favorite character. Yeah. Thor is my favorite accent character. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Nice. While we're just on that topic. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know... You, you know what cr- helps create these characters? <laughs> what? Writers. Writers, Cody. Yep. So this is going to be the main topic of this today. This is our topic, folks. Is we're just going to be talking about comic book writers. Primarily comic book writers if we want to dive into maybe what we think of movie writers. But I'm... I don't know. think we need to do that. We don't need Unless we... we, don't, we there's no need. Find an excuse. There's a, a plethora of comic book writers. So we're actually just going to... Let's start out with... Let's start off with just our some of our favorites, not necessarily the best. For sure. Um, just ones that we enjoy that maybe others don't necessarily enjoy too much. For me, Nick, Sp- Nick Spencer is in there. Uh, he, he writes the uh, current Amazing Spider-Man. 
he wrote a lot of Captain America that was really well done. Uh, he wrote this series called The Fix, which is based yeah, around. I know you like that a lot. It's two volumes. I really want more. Uh, it's a hard series to like. They're terrible. He's a terrible person. It's based around corrupt cops, and he is a corrupt cop, so it's like following that whole that whole scene. So uh, he's definitely one up there for me. What about you? And he just favorites, not necessarily the best. I'm yeah. going to keep that too. Yeah, um, a, couple, a couple, a uh, couple writers I like really as uh, either creators or just their work for maybe one or two things. Um, everyone who's listened to our show knows that I like Claudio Sanchez a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and you know who I really don't talk about often enough, and I was running through writers' names before the show, and mm-hmm. his name popped up. Um, I really like the Batman uh, graphic novels that Jeff Loeb wrote. Okay, yeah. Those are so good. This, we, like Long Halloween. Dark Victory. Dark Victory. And um, he, there's there's a third one that I have. There's, there's one that's a lot thinner. So I, I can't remember. I, we Arkham? have them. Is it Arkham? No. No. Uh, I can't remember. It's not Black Mirror. No. That was Snyder. That's Snyder. Okay. Um. I can't remember what it was called, but anyways, he, he he wrote those three ones, and then he wrote Hush. Okay. And uh, gosh, those are all such great books. Yeah. Um, I really like. He also writes. I'm forgetting the, the, the name colored of... the colored series. He oh, does okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Spider Man Blue, yes. Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, and Captain America White. And Spider Man Blue and Daredevil Yellow are, are amazing. Yes, I haven't read the other two. But... Captain America White is good. I would say out of all of them, Hulk Gray is the weakest, okay. um, just because it follows the Betsy Ross kind of love interest story, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't really go anywhere. The Captain America one is very interesting because it's Captain America's relationship with Bucky. Oh, and so yeah, it's, it's not a it's, romance thing. Yeah, a romance it's, thing. It's a bromance thing. It's a bromance thing. Yeah, uh, and just how he yes. was his his student, his apprentice, and going through the like his death and everything. Love him. Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, that that one intrigues me. I that, I don't know why I haven't gotten around to that one because I, I I read Daredevil Yellow mm-hmm. pretty quick. That's that's really good. That's a heartbreaking one too. Yeah. Well, Spider Man Blue is the best. Yeah. That's an incredible story. But Daredevil Yellow was freaking awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend uh, read it. Uh, shout out to I- Israel, our friend Israel. Uh, he. Israel. Yeah. He read it and was like, did this just spoil the TV show for me? <laughs> I, and I went, it might. <laughs> I, it hasn't so far. Like, Yeah, that's true. Uh, no, it so didn't, did it? It didn't, but I was like, ooh, yeah, I guess. But that's it's been a story that's already been written, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the Gwen Stacy thing. Yeah. So, I mean. Sorry. <laughs> so like, she kind of dies. Kind of dies. No, um, and then who else? Do, oh, uh, the name of the name of the author of Birthright's Escaping Me. Oh, I don't. I actually. It's Got not, it. He's a great writer. It's not Straczynski, is it? No. no. But no, he's great. I think that's the only series what? I've read of his. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is like yeah. is like favorite writers who I like mainly for a, one title. That mo- Yeah, that series is incredible. It is. Let me let me look it up right now for you, my good it, friend. And the dialogue's good. What what I really like more than anything is just the creation, the premise. I I love the Joshua fa- Williamson. 
Okay. Yeah. Totally never knew his name. Ne- I mean, I probably just never looked at the But the art is also incredible. The so. art is fantastic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, who who are who are some of your other like just Chibza, near, near and dear Chib, to your heart? Chip Zardarsky. I think that's how you say his name. He was he Chip wrote, Zardarsky. Yeah, he did uh, a lot of the incredible Squirrel Girl. Uh, he does Spectacular Spider-Man just recently, or either Spectacular or Amazing uh, Friendly Neighborhood. One of the two. He's he also does the Jughead run. He does a great job at writing funny dialogue. He is. He's a great comedic uh, comic writer. Okay. So he can bring out the zany, the wacky, and keep it fun, entertaining, but still brings that char- those character moments. Nice. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think just favorites. Uh, oh, my gosh. The Hawkeye that I always talk about. Oh, I should. Re- <laughs> yeah. Why you, did I you not- mention this dude's name all the time? All the time. You mentioned his name. Probably every other episode. I, I feel. know. Why am I now forgetting it? I had it. I even remembered it before we came here, and I just totally spaced it. Jeremy, not Renner. I was <laughs> Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Yeah. So if you guys uh, didn't know, Jeremy Renner wrote the comics. Yeah, he wrote the comics as well as played the character. He's a very like versatile, well-known. Oh my gosh, this is going to bother me. But he also writes another series. Um. That I like. Called oh, Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction. He he did a great job on uh, Iron Man as well. He does. A, yeah, he has, he yeah, he a, did. I read several of those. Yeah, he the, has a great. Trades, yeah, he has a great uh, Iron Man run, and I've heard he has a really good Fantastic Four run that I want to get into. Oh, he's haven't read that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see who he's married to. Kelly Sue DeCon- DeConnick as well. And she she's actually a um, she writes a lot of comics and books. Uh, she did the Captain Marvel, a lot of the Captain Marvel stuff. She does a fun series called Bitch Planet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he no Matt Fraction is definitely one of those um, sex criminals. That's it. Uh, really interesting <laughs> series. Uh, in which it's very aggressive. Yes, very. <laughs> no uh, it is not a series that I recommend for the faint of heart. <laughs> okay, but the premise is inner. It's entertaining. So, what like, but the premise is delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> oh god. Uh, it's these two characters for some reason when they you know have sex. Uh, What's that? Time freezes. <laughs> what is it? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Time freezes. And so they're able to, you know, go and do certain things after having sex. And, like, they're they're kind of... And then you find out that there's whole this whole... That's so or, weird. There's this whole organization based around of, like, that they also... That happens, and so they can track it when it happens. So then they're, like, trying to hunt them down and making sure they're not, you know, breaking the law while... Time is frozen. Holy crow. Yeah. This is just silly. Yeah, it's these two characters that have never, that's always happened to them. And so they've never been able to enjoy the experience. This is a weird. uh, And so when they finally meet each other, they kind of like bond because, you know, common interests, (laughs) life experiences. But he writes that. 
in a and that's called sex criminals. Sex criminals, yeah. Okay, it's a. Who it's, else do I like a lot? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So let's get into some maybe favorites. Who, oh, Ed Rube. Ed Brubaker. Brubaker's awesome. He writes really good noir uh, spy not, spy stuff. I'm not very familiar with him, but the thing, you know, I, gi- I give him props for the uh, Captain America. Death of Captain America. He wrote that. The Reborn yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that he convincingly did he wrote, what he did. He wrote with, Winter Soldier. He essentially created that character. Yeah, so. yeah, he, yeah. He pulled a lot off there. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I know that he was responsible for writing Captain America during a very pivotal moment in mm-hmm. the Captain America uh, run. Yes. So um, let's let's get into a couple guys I know we both really like. So I so our best. These are our bests. We're ultimately, we're going to talk about Mark Wade, yes. Jeff Johns, yeah. for sure. Those yeah. are two guys I know we both like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do really like Grant Morrison. Uh, I really like... Um, Grant Morrison is one that you need for weird. Yeah. When you are like, I need to kind of have an acid trip without actually taking acid. And I go, here's a Grant Morrison book. Let's re- let you read some Doom Patrol. Grant, Let's Grant read some Morrison's- Grant Morrison Batman. Let's, you know, we're just going to throw this all at you. Sometimes Grant Morrison reminds me of some of the texts that I received from my friend Cameron. Um, <laughs> which just intentionally make no sense, and it's just to throw me off. And yeah. they're not truthful. It's just here to throw me off. I will give you a piece of what I'm talking about. One time I asked my friend um, what he was up to, and this was the reply that I got. I'm looking for um, <laughs> through my phone. Gosh. Sorry, man. I smoked some fungus from the backyard and had an episode. I was trapped and I was trapped outside because a leprechaun was throwing shit at me. <laughs> Just weird. That's the basically how I would describe uh, some of yes. the installments in Grant Morrison's this writing. Is true. It's, true. it's like, wait, what did you just say well, to me? What did you just do? No, for real though. Yeah. In, in Batman R.I.P. Best it's example. The, it's the weirdest it's book. It's so weird. How. Bruce Wayne has this like there's like the mini Batman that shows up because that's like a Batmite. Yeah, that's like his alternate. He's showing him he and then and then like the grid of Gotham City appears yeah. in his head and basically it's like it's not really an alter ego necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's like a second Bruce Wayne he hardwired into the back of his own mind. Is that when Joker cuts his tongue in half too? He cuts his he like a his, like a snake. Yeah. Yeah. And where um, Joker laughs in the face of, I believe his name is uh, his la- the dude's last name is Hurt, and apparently, in the saga, he's supposed to represent Satan. Okay. So it's actually in the abstract, since it is Joker laughing in the face of Satan, because the Joker the Joker knows that the Batman cannot be stopped. Yeah, that it's inevitable he will win, and he thinks the fact that this dude is actually trying to rid the world of Batman. He's like laughing in his face. That's kind of cool. I like that. But Bat- fun fact: uh, Batman R.I.P. is not the death of Batman. No, <laughs> it's not. It ties into Final Crisis, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> A book I never read because everything was spoiled for me. Yeah. So spoiler: Batman I should. Dies. I, I have. I have the comic. Yeah. I haven't read it because it was spoiled for me. I probably will one day. But someone um, dies in almost all the crises. Yeah. Like, there's infinite, right? We infinite have crisis. You have infinite crisis, right? I don't have any of the crisis books. They're so big and just a lot. 
it's a lot to take in. Infinite From, Crisis. I, I, I scrolled believe, through it. I, I, Infinite I, Crisis is, I believe, the uh, Flash dies in that one. Right, that's the first one, right? Or is that Crisis of Two Earths? No, that's uh, Infinite Crisis. Is it Infinite or Final Crisis where the Flash races death? I yeah, think he, it's one of those two. It's, yeah, he, he has to outrace It's the one that death. came out in the 90s because that's when Barry dies and that's when Wally West takes up the mantle as right. Flash. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so it'll, Grant, Grant Morrison, uh, getting back to some of his crazy stuff, uh, so, yeah, he had Batman hardwire a... Not an alter, not an alter ego, but a second personality of himself into his brain in case he is ever compromised. Compromised, yeah. And because Batman was buried, <laughs> and yeah. he broke out of his own grave, yeah. And it's just such a that that whole part of the book is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend, our uh, mine and Scott and Kevin's friend Paul. Uh, loves that book, and and the, and the thing is, like, I actually, I will say, I love the book. It's really cool. Yes, it's a trip. It's yeah. it's it's just so crazy. Yeah, it's that's so, Grant Morrison. Like, it's that's so what he crazy. Does. Oh, but what I was going to say is, as much as I like him, um, I really like Alan Moore. Alan Moore, and he's uh, Alan Moore equally does, as creative. Yeah, equally as creative. Alan Moore does what Grant Morrison does, but grounded. Easier to so, understand. Yes. It's very wordy and it's very abstract. And you're like, whoa, man. It's a lot. Like, to me, Morrison is the acid trip. Alan Moore is the taking the shrooms. <laughs> Where the acid is like. This is coming from like, two people who don't do drugs, by the way. True. But, but we're, so, it's our interpretation. I'm going off of what pop culture <laughs> has shown me of drugs. Yeah. And shrooms is more of like a. Like, out-of-body experience of, like, oh, my gosh, meditation, like, whoa, I'm seeing something over there where acid is just like, what is going on? My skin is falling off. Yeah, yeah. Ah, like, I'm yeah, going yeah. crazy. Um, y- yeah, I think um, Alan Moore, one thing he's a little bit better at with, I will, I, I think, His is, dialogue is incredible. His dialogue. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to say, we never got into talking about our favorite dialogue, did we? Did we do that? I mean, that's what we're doing now. Well, we can. We can just do yeah. it. Yeah, we'll throw it in there right now. So um, I want to throw in Alan Moore uh, just because of The Watchmen mm-hmm. and Killing Joke Alone. And yep. then he also yeah. did a few other things. Uh, League oh. of Extraordinary Gentlemen is Alan Moore. Oh, yeah. V for Vendetta? Is that him? It's either him or Frank Miller, but I okay. think it's I think it's Alan Moore. Okay. Oh, also another very, very, very weird book that Grant Morrison did, uh, Arkham Asylum, uh, Serious House and Serious Earth. Yes. Um, which is the first Arkham Asylum. A very bizarre book. It's and, and, <laughs> very weird. And the freaking artwork doesn't help. Yeah. It's really weird. That was the second comic book, or pardon me, second graphic novel I ever read in my life. Really? So, yeah. If, if, we're, if we're talking like serious, yeah, Killing Joke and Arkham Asylum were my were my introduction to um, serious Batman, meaning, okay. meaning not the... As a kid, the the Batman comics that I was familiar with dialogue-wise and like story-wise were the old 60s ones. Oh wow! Yeah, and so not like the Chuck Dixon stuff. No. Okay. Uh, well, my my grandpa had some of the '90s Batman comics, and and I had some of them, but a lot of the, the dialogue it was so wordy. I didn't try to read. Yeah. I looked through the pages, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I admired the artwork. But um, no, if we're getting into the Watchmen, that's some of my favorite. Like he did V for Vendetta, by the way. You looked it up. He did. Yeah. Nice. Um, that's still one that I have to read, and I want to watch it too. Have um, you not seen the movie? I've not. Bro, we need to do that. I it's know. It's in my top. I know. No, so I, just recently, 
you know, AJ, Anthony did, and I did our top five adaptions, and that was, that was a, uh, to film. Mm-hmm. That's one of mine. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think the reason why I didn't is because someone whose opinion that I trusted at the time they told me that it wasn't good. Slap that person in the face. Go back in time. <laughs> okay. We'll do. Slap yourself in your, the face for like, don't trust this person, and then you slap them in the face. Facts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyways, um, uh, Watchmen has maybe one of my favorite quotes ever, which is that line where Rorschach's doing his journal in the beginning, and he says, the streets are extended gutters, and... What is this? Was, oh, oh yeah, and the gutters are filled with blood, and when the drains finally scab over, all the vermin will drown. And then he goes into that whole long spiel mm-hmm. where, where he says, um, the, he, he goes, uh, the accumulated filth of everyone's sex and murder will foam up about, foam up about their waist, and all the whores and politicians will look up at me and shout, save us, and I'll look down and whisper, no. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So powerful. Chills. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so – I love Rorschach. He's so – He's so incredibly judgmental, but when you look at what he's talking about, he's right about yeah. just how disgusting yeah. society is. Like, um, and then he goes on about how, uh, oh, he, he's like, I used to view criminals differently. I used to let them live, and it's like, oh my gosh, this guy is dark. <laughs> this, this guy is dark. A sad, sad yeah. place. Like Rorschach reminds me, if my dad had one really bad day and was pushed completely over the edge. He'd become Rorschach. He'd become Rorschach. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, just very, very conservative. Yeah. Very um, taking initiative, yeah. like no hesitation, yeah. like get the job done. If my dad had one bad day. <laughs> He'd be Rorschach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan Moore also did Promethea, uh, which you I don't oh. think you've read, but I've. it's uh, out of all of his books, I would say it's the it is the... Most out of this like world of what is going on, really? Yeah, and then I mean, I also want to say like er- everything you've told me about Swamp Thing is his, and obviously, yeah. and uh, I'm very intrigued. The last book that I read of Swamp Thing was it ventured more into the territory of what in the world, really? Yeah, yeah. but the first few trades or so, it, they're more grounded, uh, as grounded as Swamp Thing can become, it grounded because he's you know part of the earth. I mean, he gets he, and we have to. Be honest, he's a he's very, like a he, modern day wizard. He, well, he's very well. Uh, okay, I was gonna go in a different ter- into different oh. territory. I was, I was gonna say he's very dark. Yes, his content is it can get really morbid. Yeah. Um. As you know, what's funny is as morbid. He has a, he has a sex book. Yeah. With like Let's fairy laugh. tale characters. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Well, and he said he 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 said like, hey, the point of this is not to be perverted, which I don't know if I buy, <laughs> but um, no, uh. I was I was gonna go into uh, the fact that even though Watchmen, I know a lot of people would say is his darkest. I actually think for meaning for DC and mainstream comics, um, I actually think that the Killing Joke is probably slightly darker for me. Just the stuff with Gordon's daughter and Gordon and Gordon. Well, yeah, Gordon yeah. and his daughter. Yeah. yeah, it's really screwed up. Yeah. But it's what creates the emotional gravity. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, can Batman actually let this dude live any longer? Yeah. So, I don't know. He he gets... You to think he about get, characters. He, he gets you to think about these guys who, you know, wear tights and, you know, beat each other up. Yeah. And, and we, we've been watching them on screen and reading them on pages for decades. And, you know, it's all 
good, you know, good fun, but he gets you to look at them differently. Yeah. Like Watchmen with superheroes, warts and all. Oh, and also, one thing I find incredibly intriguing about the dude, he blames himself for the, for the, the direction show. comics turn yes. in. Because after killing, after killing Joke, it all kind of became more dark and edgy because it did so well. Yeah. And they thought, oh, this is what people want. And Watchmen and everything. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he like... Didn't he? What he made some disparaging comments about himself. Well, he said he wishes he never wrote those stories. Yeah, because of what it did to comics. Because he loves he the, loves that side. He of it. loves the bombastic, you know, crazy, super great. It's funny. Like you ask him what his favorite stories are, he loves the Silver Age superhero stories. Yeah. Um, which is why he he just wanted to create something different. He, yeah, he yeah. was just trying to find his own niche. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't trying to spit in the face of that stuff mm-hmm. he, he he just wanted to be creative yeah and then he was pissed because he's like well damn now <laughs> no. people just want to copy yeah what i did what i did which is sad yeah and and depressing and which is his whole thing was he wanted to make a comment about how it shouldn't become this way like that's what watchman's all about yeah and oh well, yeah and yeah. then it kind of became that way <laughs> uh so yeah alan moore definitely top um Mark Wade is definitely up there. Uh, Kingdom Come, gosh, yeah, uh, Kingdom he, Come. Kingdom awesome. Come is great. He wrote, he writes Archie, which is one of my favorites. Uh, um, sorry, are you staying on Wade for a little while? Mm-hmm. Okay, keep go, stay on Wade. I wasn't I wasn't sure how long you're gonna run with that. I'm. I mean, that keep, might that might be as much as I'm doing with Mark Wade. You can keep going. Uh, yeah, I'm actually running out of. Oh, I just told, I just know I. He has a lot. Uh, he, oh yeah, he does. That Plenty. I, just for some reason I'm blanking on. But. Mark Millar. Mark Millar is a more of a hit and miss for me. Is he? Yes. Because what the, the few things that I've read of his, I passionately adore. Yes. Uh, uh, Ultimate he, Avengers and Red Sun are aces for me. Yeah, I think it's to me. I've. I, I put him as one of maybe my favorites, but not necessarily the best because his other works that are misses are really bad misses. Really? Um, he has his own, like, Mark Millar universe, and a lot of them just aren't that great. Huh. Um, but he's a he's a great writer. Like, I he's just think he's a the, name worth throwing out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you have Jeff Johns with Everything. Everything. <laughs> that he's done. Uh, I mean, he was DC for a decade. Enough said. Yeah. Like, he revamped Green Lantern. He revamped Shazam. He revamped DC. Mm-hmm. He revamped Flash. Even though, oh, Mark Wade, Flash, Wally West. Like, Mark Wade. That was him. Wrote some of my favorite yeah. Flash storylines. That's the that's um, the famous uh, paperback trade line you can find even at like Barnes and Noble, right? Yeah. yeah. And then it was followed up by Jeff Johns. Like gotcha. it's it is. Some Jeff of the Johns best. did good yeah. Flash stuff too. Yeah. Three years, and then of course Francis Manipal took over when Manipal was originally hired on as the writer to work with Johns, and then yeah. Manipal started doing everything, and then yeah. Manipal was just the artist for Fifty Two, I think. Wait, I thought he had a, a an artist come on with him, and he was the writer. I'm pretty sure he did most of the art. Huh? Yeah, that's why I remember because I know there's I I have a lot of like phone saved like art of Francis Manipool of his Flash run. I just okay, yeah. Because I enjoyed it more than the actual writing. 
I enjoyed the his art, art. His art. The art in that series was great. It was incredible. I'll, I'll never forget because um, I was I was working as, when I was younger. I was working for store credit at the comic book store mm-hmm. at the time. Was it wasn't I like comics? It was a Odyssey, Odyssey which yeah. is still around. Which is it was closer to my house, and I remember a lot of the guys who worked there were really into Manipal's work. Mm-hmm. And it, it, what's funny is it took me a while to come al- to come around because prior to Manipal, it was Ethan Van Siever who whose style was more similar to like Jim Jim Lee. Yeah, and that was the style that I really liked. That's the D. That's like the classic DC style. The classic yeah. DC style. And then when I when I started to get older, I was like, oh, I really appreciate the the the. The creativity, the vibrantness of yeah, Manipal. and yeah. how clean it looks. Yes, yeah, it looks more like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I really enjoy about his. Uh, but back to writers. Yeah. Uh, for me, the number one of all time is someone I give praise <laughs> to a lot. Who's that? Uh, Jonathan Hickman. Um, I know that we can't. We can't deny, like, the Stanley. Stanley is an incredible writer. Yeah. Uh, the Jerry Seagulls, or the Seagulls. Jerry Seagull, Joel Schuster. Yeah, Ju- Joel Schuster, Bill Finger, you know, Bob get out of here. What it should say is Bill Finger, and then, and then in parentheses, uh, Bob Kane, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> A little. You know, A little bit. He tried. A little bit. Uh... No, Jonathan Hickman. He is far, by far and away. I will read anything. Jonathan. How about Neil Gaiman? I really, really like Neil Gaiman, and I know that he is up there as one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sandman was incredible. Uh, Book of Magic is really, really well done. Uh, he does a lot of just other comics, but he also did nineteen eighty, no, sixteen o two, Marvel sixteen o two, which is. Really well done. Gotcha. Oh, oh, a name I I don't know how I forgot. This. I like I like Neil Gaiman's writing, like book writing, more than I like his comic writing. Gotcha. That's fair. Um, another artist, 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 uh, writer whom I really like a lot, uh, who does novels and comics as well, uh, Peter David. Okay. He did all the uh, adaptations of the Stephen King stuff. Okay. He also has done. He's also done work with Claudio Sanchez. He's yeah. he's a uh, Great novelist, but he's also a great comic book writer. And his adaptations of the Stephen King stuff. Does he do the Stand and the Dark Tower stuff? Is yeah. That, okay. And he does really brilliant work. Nice. His his version of the of the Stand. I I mean, obviously, the Stand is such a long book. I I was like, I I can't read this. I can't read the comics of this because it's gonna be so long waiting in between. Yeah. It's gonna take forever. But I did read the first three trades, and then I went ahead and read. Um, the books, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, I wish I had the patience to wait for the trades to come out." Yeah, because the trades were so immersive and so accurate. That's crazy. It was awesome, and his he 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 didn't copy everything, all the dialogue word for word or anything, but he kept all the important um, aspects, all the important yeah. aspects, and all the the main quotes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just uh, he, you know, he's good. I just I just thought I should throw that name out cool. there. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but yeah, so mine is Jonathan Hickman. Uh, yeah, you do mention his name a lot. A lot. I'm not gonna lie. I'm going to mention as much as I can. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, you, and you do. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, he wrote Secret Wars. You've heard this so many times. He wrote my favorite Fantastic Store story, Fantastic Four story, um, New Avengers, Avengers, 
East to East of West Manhattan projects, um, Secret Warriors. He, I love his world building. It's it's other world like otherworldly it's as uh, the puns. Yeah, it's he sets up stuff in like the first issue that comes back around in like the last issue. That's cool. And and it fits. It's not out of n- anywhere. You're just like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. And like he he foreshadows without slapping you in the face. Yeah. Isn't it sad that we have to bring up a, when something works? It's like, dude, in the in the ending, it wraps up what was said in the beginning. And, and, it, and, it, and, and it's it like, works. no way. That's insane. That's a, that's a great that trick. funny that you should, we should do that, that more often. <laughs> because that happens a lot in the comics. Of well, just I, where, like, it doesn't work. Yeah, that's and like, you're just like, like what? Like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens more often than it doesn't happen. I had an, an, an analogy popped into my head, and then I was like, wait, that's way too ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. But I was just going to say, like, it's where like one idea is introduced and you roll with it for a long time, mm-hmm. and then it's like you read the last paragraph of of the book and it's like this is how this ends and it's like, wait, you wrote a story about like let's say let's say let's say the story is about um, dinosaurs yeah. and then at the end you're like, and then in came Hercules and it's, <laughs> and, and it's like what the frick this yeah. has nothing to do. Oh, so you mean that's so many stories? Like you you mean like Wonder Woman, the movie? With with oh, what this the premise of love? What would you tell me is the main focus of this movie? Oh, faith, believing in something, and uh, you know, courage. No, it's about love. Where that was never (laughs) yeah that was never the focus. No, Uh, you gotta love it. But it does. It, I mean, it's a it's a common um, fault of a lot of yeah. stories, yeah, including ones in, in movies and comics that I enjoy overall. But I, I just I really hate it when uh, I, I just I, I really do hate it when the ending of a story just has, like I said, not only falls short but has nothing to do with what I thought the rest of the story was trying to accomplish. Yeah, Dan Slott is actually is he wrote Spider Man for like eleven years, but. He is notorious for that. Um, it's actually why I stopped reading Spider-Man for a very, for a very long time. For dance a lot. Yeah, and I think he he's now moved on to Iron Man, but yeah. I don't think I've read a single thing from that guy. Actually, he he writes okay stuff. Okay, he has really really good ideas. That's what I'll say. The stories he sets up are super interesting. He started the. Into the Spider Verse kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so he, he's probably, if nothing else, creative. Yeah, he just doesn't know how to finish a story. So, I mean, I think the exception I have for what I'm talking about, I mean, like a, a great example is Stephen King has a way of throwing things in <laughs> that are like definitely not it. Out of <laughs> out, out of completely out of left field, but I will say um, I was. Very, very pleased with the the final chapter and the final page of the Dark Tower series, the books, mm-hmm. wraps up incredibly beautifully, hmm. and that's where it counts for me because that's my favorite thing he ever did anyways. Nice. Um, no, I mean, honestly, I I feel like for, for most of the Stephen King titles that I've ever read, like, he does a pretty good job. It's mostly what I've heard about 
from the books that I haven't read yet. Oh, okay. Like it, and then I've heard about a couple other books. The where Mist. The, I know the Mist is ending. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, as far as the Dark Tower series, and I have, I'm very familiar with The Stand. Um, I haven't finished that book, but I've I've seen the, um, I've seen uh, the the old miniseries, which was which was true to form despite being very very low budget, mm-hmm. and I've read the comics, and that I think he does a pretty good job with. And then I've, of course I've read The Shining and I've read Salem's Lot, and in my opinion he wrapped up those ones very well. Um, but it's mostly what I've heard about the ending of the book version of it, which I now have just no interest in reading because mm-hmm. of that. But yeah, we don't need to talk about that. No. <laughs> so but, well, who, but would you, anyways, who would you say is your favorite comic book? My writer? favorite comic book writer. I, you know, I enjoy wondrous the, the variety. Best, the when best it comes favorite. To... Okay. Would you say it's Jeff Johns? I think if we're going off the number of trades that I own from one artist or one artist, one writer, it would be Jeff Johns. Yeah. Yeah. That you just love, yeah. All the because th- you love Green Lantern, you love Hal Jordan's Green Lantern that I, he wrote. So yeah, and then of course there's all the other various things Jeff mm-hmm. Johns wrote that's on our shelf. Yeah, that we that we've read a lot. Who who would you say for you besides Hickman? Who would you say for you? Um, Chuck Dixon probably. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do like Chuck Dixon a lot as well. He created the Batman in the '90s. Like he, yeah, he, he created the Bat Family. He wrote. Nightwing, he wrote Robin, he wrote Batman. Yeah, okay. I, I like uh, Dennis O'Neill, but I would say Dixon above him as far as Bat Family goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. Well, that is it on That's our all. take on writers. Uh, catch early, like later this week, we have Reel It In, our movie podcast for Nerd Weekly. And yep. then on Saturday, we have Biomodded. You can find. Uh, us on the social medias <laughs> with Nerd Weekly on Facebook, Nerd Weekly Cast on Twitter, and at Nerd Weekly Podcast on Instagram, uh, as well as you can find me at Lebearded Cooper on Instagram. Where can they find you on social media? What where can people find you, Cody? If you're okay, anyone who's interested in following me, I am Cody and Wilson on Instagram. Nice. Don't yeah. f- as far as Facebook goes, I don't really post anything about like my media interests, yeah. but like my Instagram page is all related to either what it could be related to music and what what guitar equipment I'm interested in at the time, or it could be um, comics, records. Nice. Um, Cody and Wilson. Yeah. Yep. And then also, by the way, do follow the beautiful. I'm very impressed with our new social media work. It's amazing. Yeah. I want to say that because shout I shout out to. It's actually been mostly Will Smith and Ben Cooper. So I just want to give uh, tremendous props to yeah. those two getting, dudes getting the stuff out. Uh, but make sure to follow at Suede Records on Instagram. Is that correct, Chris? If you're listening, yes, not. He's, he's gone. gone. <laughs> he's bye, Chris. He's uh, gone. Follow Suede Records. No, that's right. Oh, that's correct. Okay, at Suede Records on Instagram and uh, Suede Records on Facebook. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to follow. And then, is it Chris Crenshaw on Instagram as well? Yeah, it's Chris uh, D Crenshaw. Chris D Crenshaw. Chris D Crenshaw. Chris D Crenshaw on Instagram. <laughs> Well, it's been a great time, and we will catch you on the flip side. Until next time. See you later, Bruce. Peace.